Mark Freeman, outdoor writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Medford, Oregon, and at www.mailtribune.com. Here we are on a nice Wednesday afternoon, drinking some suds down at Common Block Brewing in downtown Medford. With me as usual, Mail Tribune photographer extraordinaire, Jamie Lush. And uh, just got back a couple days ago from a really interesting uh, story and shoot uh, up on the backside of Mount Ashland chasing those super rare bumblebees. Uh, the story is going to run uh, in Oregon Outdoors in a couple weeks, and it's also going to be part of our new debut. Uh, we're taking Oregon Outdoors to KTBL, the regional CBS affiliate here in Medford on July 31st, and uh, start doing outdoor stories on their, their 6 p.m. show Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and their 6 a.m. show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So check that out. Now, one of the things about doing this story is we, we have with us Ryan File. He's our videographer. And here we are. I told him we're going to, we're going to go do a story chasing bees and catching bees. And he was like, totally not into it. He's, apparently, he's terrified of bees. And uh, he was tweeting out before a couple days before about all these, uh, being freaked out about uh, coming out with us to do this story. And it was the same time you're seeing those you know, killer bee attacks and all this. And it was really kind of getting to him. And... Uh, and we get up there, and uh, he's just like, he, he flips that camera on, and he's just totally on. He was, he was not afraid of those bees flying all over the place, and he did a great job. Yeah, the camera has a way of uh, putting you into work mode and, and, I don't know, disconnecting you from the scene a little bit. And, you know, work mode's work mode. You got the camera, and it's easy to overcome some stuff. Yeah, camera and notepad, too. But I definitely feel that with a camera and notepad. It's like, you know, most of the time we're out there, and, you know, it's really easy to overcome your fears and not be afraid of stuff. Yeah, it's like a lot of times, you know, the things that would normally freak you out, you know, think some of the things we do that totally freak your wife out, you know, it just doesn't really register to us. But even the camera and the notebook can't take care of all the fear. There are definitely some times over the years where we're doing something for work that we really were scared. Yeah, if you're scared for your life, the camera doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of those for you? Well, I can think of a, of a couple. One that stands out, we've, I've talked about in a prior podcast, but I'll bring it up again because, yeah, it scared the, the Jesus out of me. Uh, it was an assignment up at Howard Prairie. Um, I, believe oh, the, yeah. I believe the assignment was a... I forgot what the assignment was. Yeah. But anyways, right. we were up there and it was uh, snowy conditions and I was... I drug my wife and my nine-month-old son at the time, Liam, along with me to the assignment. And we went down the relatively steep road into Howard Prairie and we were going to spend the day at the lake. And we, we did that. I got some nice pictures. And then when it was time to come out of the lake, the snowy road that we had gone in on had turned to slush. Yeah. Super nasty slush. I couldn't get out. And there was nobody else up there. It was like five o'clock. Everything uh, was closed. Everything closed. Not a soul to be seen. Like barely cell service. I mean it was it was not a good situation with uh, my wife and a nine month old kid. It was like 35 degrees getting colder. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get a hold of anybody. So the prospect of spending the night like with a baby were really it was a real possibility <laughs> so I envisioned in my head like finding a big rock and like throwing it through the marina window and oh like I'm like what am I going to do I'm like <laughs> but 
uh, I was able to get through some cell service and get the tow truck up there, and you know, it all worked out. But there was a while there where I was thinking the worst, which was not a good scenario at all. So how much was that tow truck bill? Yeah, yeah. Do I got to bring that up again? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I think it was up. like seven hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> how happy was the uh, managing editor to pay for that? Yeah, you can guess. <laughs> done a lot of weird stuff and you know even running Savage Rapids Dam for the first time really didn't scare me at all but there was one back in 1996 doing a story on running the wild and scenic uh, Rogue River Canyon floating fishing that during January uh, it was an awesome trip but uh, and the water was pretty hot and we, uh, we got down to uh, Blossom Bar and uh, the water was up pretty good we've been out there for three days and we caught like 100 steelhead it was so awesome but we also got we also got our own firewood in the boat, so the boat's kind of heavy. And Jeff Barnard from Associated Press is rowing, and he starts to make the cut at the picket fence, and he can't do it. And I'm in front, and we're sitting there over the top of the picket fence, and it's just a it's a, it's a series of rocks that are, that are perpendicular to the river, and it's where everybody if if, if you're going to die in Blossom Bar, that's where you die. People die there all the time, and we start to go over the top. And he's swearing, cussing, and we're reaching because we can't make the cut around the picket fence. We're going to go over the top of it. So I'm leaning forward in the boat trying to figure out, okay, when we hit, I'm going to try to launch to my left. Because if I launch out of the boat to my right, I'm going to hit a bunch of rocks and I might not get out. But I have a pretty good chance to make it if I launch to the left. I've got my, you know, my jacket on real tight. And we start to go over the top of that thing. And he's screaming, screaming, and he just stops rolling. And we just silently go right over the top. Down. Shit. <laughs> Didn't touch it. Didn't touch anything. And I look back at him like, what the hell just happened? And he looked at me like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, row! And he starts rowing and we start, we're almost going to hit the clamshell. We end up going right of, uh, the, of the clamshell, which is other right there. Now we're really in trouble. Yeah, I can confirm what Mark's referring to here as bad news. Now <laughs> we're going to go through the spot and, all right, side of Volkswagen Rock is where we're going. And you gotta go left of that thing. If you go right, you're gonna get stuck in the rocks, and it's 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 almost impossible to uh, really rescue you uh, with ropes in that spot. And there's nobody else around, and we're gonna be stuck there. And it's like, oh man. And now I'm looking. Okay, now which way am I gonna launch? And there are these two big rocks sticking up on the sides, and just rowing as hard as he can, swearing like hell. Like nothing's happening. And he just lifts up the oars, and we slide perfectly through these rocks. And didn't touch a thing. I thought quiet. I look back at him, just the same thing as above the picket fence. I'm like, what did just happen? And he's like, whoa! And so he starts humping on the oars, and it cuts across the clamshell, and we get right back in line where we're supposed to be. And we drop right down, and right after we get to Blossom Bar, before the double staircase, he reaches down between his knees, and he pulls out this, this flask of whiskey, and he's like, go, 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 go. And I really thought we were in deep, deep. Trouble. You guys were in deep trouble. I you thought, got lucky. I thought we were absolutely <laughs> sure we were going swimming. And that was a 50-50. And it's super cold in January and there's no one else around. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a place you want to swim, Bad even in the best of times. Yeah. Generally don't want to swim anywhere other than swimming on purpose. Have you ever taken a swim? I've done a lot of rafting and made a lot of rafting videos and yeah. I've definitely taken some pretty big swims. Um, one of which was not good um, on the Illinois River on assignment with uh, Chris Conrad, oh, former yeah. crimes reporter. And uh, back in the day, we were 
we were sent on some pretty fun assignments. It's a pretty fun job. So it was, you know, go cover the what it's like to go rafting on the Illinois, which is this. I bug a goobered in on my territory. Yeah, that was a, a spectacular trip. I'm like, yeah. sign me up. I'll go on that one. That was, you know, a paid three-day rafting trip. Yeah. But anyways, on that stretch of river, there's, that's, you know, one class three, class four after the next. It's just spectacular. And then I think it's on day two you come into the the green wall, which yeah. is the most difficult and the biggest challenging rapid uh-huh. on the stretch. And it's class four plus or class five, I believe. It's the real thing. Right. And it's a, a river. The start of the rapid, rapid is a river-wide hole that you don't want to go into. And if you are going to go into it, you need to go into it straight. Right. And for whatever reason, uh, the guide, our guide at the time, uh, Will Roper, just had a bad angle. Yeah. And he went into it how you should not you go miss, into it. You miss one stroke in some of those things, and it's the difference between a clean run and complete or Yeah, he missed a stroke oh, for sure, yeah. or a couple. And we went into it sideways, and where you really don't want to mess up. And so that whole got a hold of the raft and recirculated us and said, had us stuck in it for, I don't know, at least three minutes. And if you get kicked out of that portion of the rapid, yeah. you're swimming through class five. Right. And if your raft gets away from you, you're not getting your raft back. Nope, nope. <laughs> and the only way out of there, best case scenario, if you get out without serious injuries, is by helicopter. <laughs> yeah, there's two ways out of that place. Once you go over that first rapid, it's down the river or up. So circling and recircling the, in the in the rapid over and over again getting pounded around pounded around and we're with our paddles in the water trying to get out just everything we can and we weren't we thought we were trying to get out but really the river finally just said you're free before we were flipped or any of us were bucked out uh-huh. and just it released us yeah and then we you know pinballed our way through the rest of the rapid and it all worked out but Oh yeah, that was a scary three minutes for sure. <laughs> you know, I always had problems in the coffee pot in the Lower Oak Canyon too. It's like you get in there, and at certain flows, it's really simple. It's super, really super low water. It's easy. Super high water. It's easy. And usually those flows, like in the middle of summer when you get on there, I've always just been in there and just get, get in there, and it's a big boil. And boils do to you what they want to do, and you don't do anything to a boil. A boil does with it with you what it wants to do until it's done. And, I've been in there a lot of times, just slammed against the wall like four or five times. I was in a boat with this uh, fish wildlife biologist once, uh, I think it was like 1992, there was this big die off of salmon in the canyon. So we're going down there, doing just bombing through the whole thing one day, comparable to salmon, that's how stressed they are. And uh, we got an upboard motor sitting in the back of the inside of the, of the drift boat, because once you get past Blossom Bar, you're allowed to use a motor. So we can get that, you know, use that through some of that frog water, that canyon water, so we can get out of there in like a 14-hour day. And we get in the coffee pot, and uh, he's kind of standing up. And we get in, and it just thing sucks his left door down. And just a big wave of water comes in the boat, and we almost completely swung in less than a second. And we both kind of lean to the side, and, and I see that gun will come up, and we've got, you know, 18 inches of water in the boat, and like... That bad. I hate boils. I know. I <laughs> hate boils. I know. Every time. Even these stupid little boils on the Upper River. I can, I, Checo, Elf, you got to yeah, watch out for them, man. I feel a little stressed out even those that, that one boil down below uh, two bell. When where the river splits in three and you go, there's a boil right there and you drop down the left side and there's that stupid boil. I know that stinking boil. I hate that thing. <laughs> yeah, I can roll the rest of that, you know, that stretch pretty much, you know, blindfolded. But man, I hate that. I, this one other time I know I, I was completely a little bit freaked out and uh, I didn't have a camera I was doing this piece on surf perch fishing I was fly fishing with surf perch out in Mount Elk River and 
I had these fish clipped around my side, you know, some keepers that I was going to take, and right in front of me, this huge stellar sea lion surfaces in the water. I'm wading up to my wet waist, and this thing's like 10 feet away from me, and he's looking at me, and looking at the surf perch on my hips, looking at me, looking at the surf perch, and he's so close I can see that little membrane move back and forth over his eyes, and you can tell he's just sick of chasing the surf perch around. And just take one off this dude's hip. Easy target. No, man. And if he takes it, if he comes and takes a bite of this thing, he's going to bite me in the hip. And I'm going to bleed out before anybody's going to find me. I'm six miles from, you know, five miles down the beach from Cape Blanco. You know, surf birds are cool, but not cool enough. Man. Oh, man. And it just, it kind of, and I realized what he was doing. It kind of freaked me out. I just pointed my fry rod at his face and kind of shook it at him like I got Corbin five, six, seven fly rod is something I'm going to do. <laughs> it kind of made him look, kind of look like, what the hell is this guy doing? And it gave me just a couple of steps on him and I waded up backwards, just ran like hell up the beach for like oh, 50 yards up the beach. <laughs> uh, I know, you know, a lot of people ask us about getting freaked out at fires. And, you know, fire's kind of weird, you know. Like, I always say, you know, fire's... Bite, or covering wildfires is really fun the first 165 times to do it and after that it's just this long stinking horrible wet or rotten day yeah earlier in my career covering fires was, I was super excited for it yeah. adrenaline's going and yeah. yeah now I go out to fire and it's like smoky and hot as hell and like, okay now, I remember you were totally freaked out that first big fire you and I went to together yeah, well, there were walls of flames on each side of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it getting hot. I'm like, is this normal, Mark? I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was a state fire. That's the thing. You know, there's two kinds of uh, fires. There's ones that are fought by Oregon Department of Forestry, and those that are fought by the Forest Service. You know, Forest Service guys, you know, they're pretty anal. They make you stay like a half a mile away. And, and you know, knew some of the guys in ODF. I've always known a bunch of these guys. And we'd always get through the fire lines. And one particular day, we were driving up those roads looking for a place to get a retardant drive and uh, we were back in the fire lines driving past firefighters and we got turned that corner and you know we were we were going along a pretty good clip where there was a lot of fire on one side like 30 foot tall at least flames which I was okay with yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then we turned that one corner and there's 30 foot flames on each side of this single lane road yeah. fire road that I'm driving I'm like I guess this is cool I don't know man I know you kept asking me like oh. <laughs> you know, any one of those trees falls for toast. Yeah. But, yeah. Another time uh, earlier in my fire career, uh, Bob Pinnell, my photo editor at the time, sent me to a big fire that was in in Ashland. And on my way out of Medford, I looked uh, into Medford and I saw a huge plume of smoke. And I called the editor and I was like, do you want me to go cover the Medford fire instead? And he was like, huh, what? Medford fire? I'm like, yeah, there's, looks like there's a huge fire here, too. And she was like, yeah, go get it. So I was really early to that fire. Well, that was that big grass fire in East Medford on the slope of Roxanne, right? Yeah, they called it the Roxanne fire. Right, right? So right. I, I was, since I just saw the plume of smoke, I got there before there were any roadblocks set up, uh -huh. and, which is helpful when you want to get, you know, really good photos. If you're there before the Calvary's there not letting you close, it's a good thing. So I got my fire clothes on and I got in there and, yeah, there were huge walls of flames, you know, fire, you got some great pictures and then was around some, some wildland firefighters and all of a sudden they started 
ducking cover. Yeah. I'm like, what are, they, what are they doing? And they're like, hands on the back of their head. I'm like, okay. And then I look up, and there's a huge bomber, and it's unleashing its fury of pink retardant. And I proceeded to get pelted by all the retardant. And it hurt. You know? I mean, it totally got me. I'm like, oh, that's why those guys are ducking. <laughs> Yeah. And after that, definitely, I was I was pretty nervous on that one. I was like, okay, I think I need to get my head on a swivel and get my scratch and get out of here. Yeah, that's the deal. You know, you're not really a wildland fire uh, reporter until you get pelted by a retardant. Yeah. You're just another guy out there until you're. Uh, I did feel pretty awesome coming back to the newsroom covered in pink <laughs> stuff. And I told you, now you're one of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it wraps up for today. If you like what you hear, share with a friend. If you don't, share with an enemy. Better yet, come on down to Comic Block and buy me a beer. Until then, we'll see you outside.